to an especially shocking episode of Question Block. I am Alex, or Wires of NYC, on Instagram, and with me is... Aerialist. I'm all charged up for this episode. Nice, because this episode's about electricity, which, as you can guess from my Instagram handle, I'm all about. I'm all about wires. I have a PhD in electrical engineering, and I've been waiting for this podcast episode. 65 episodes I've waited... <laughs> To do one on electricity. And now it's time. Yeah. And Ariel, you've been hanging out in the air and sky. Yep. And dealing with static electricity. For my whole life, rubbing <laughs> my feet on carpets. And static cling. So you're ready for this Shocking. I love to shock people. Shocked and awed. Yeah. Can I want to say one thing before we get started? And a thing I have always loved about studying electrical engineering. And I had a professor who distilled this in us. And I think what it's was cool this? our listeners say know their off the name. Bat. I think it was like Dr. Groves. Okay. This was a, a University of Virginia, my senior year, studying power systems and power distribution. That's the in one of those labs where I like really shocked myself. Like I got a oh, really bad real? electric shock. <laughs> yeah. Physically. <laughs> that guy very eloquently talked about how uh, out of like all you know human inventions and discoveries, lots of them happen in nature anyway, right? Like gravity happens, combustion happens, like stuff gets set on fire in nature all the time. Humans figuring out how to master combustion and burn stuff in a car engine is like fine, but you just took a thing that was out there and you thought of a clever way to capture it, right? Same with steam, same with a lot of stuff, even nuclear decay, like radioactive stuff exists out there. But the electric motor doesn't exist anywhere in the universe. Like only humans came up with that. It's something that you never could have just walked along and picked it up off the ground or seen it in nature and been like, oh, I should, you know, hook that burning fire to a piston or something. Or like, it really is like wholly invented by human ingenuity, which I think is pretty cool. Okay, uh, so 600 BC. Wait, I actually want up to you. You want to go to the I Big Bang? Do you want to go to the Big Bang? What comes before 600 BC? Electric fish. Oh, yeah, that's As true. early as 2600 BC. The Egyptians were writing about electric fish and they had like a cute story where there was like some electric fish swim that swam in the Nile that they called the thunderer of the river. And they had a cute little myth that he protected all the other fish that were in the river. Oh, that's great. I love that. The Greeks also, they knew about this electric fish and would prescribe it as like a treatment for certain ailments for people to go touch electric fish. <laughs> They're like, go see fish. You'll feel better. Just getting a little shock, a little electrotherapy. Okay, now you go ahead. The first written history of well, electricity. Well, this is like the experiments with it. This dude who it was super into like, I guess he was into like tripping and stuff. Um, Thales of Miletus. So he was like, he liked rubbing amber and silk together. Very, a man of wealth. But he said when... You've never seen that experiment where the teacher rubs like a... a you know, typically like plastic or acrylic rod or whatever, and then a balloon and like stuff will stick to it. No, I never, I never got that far to that class. I don't think. Like, like third, third grade science teacher. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I was ready. Okay. But I, I just love that there's like this Greek dude who's like, hmm, I'm gonna rub some amber and silk. Like, who has that laying around? And then he's like, you know what? It's gonna attract these feathers. It's gonna make make these feathers move around. 
Yeah. He was very aesthetic, you know? I mean, imagine how weirdly striking that was. If I rub these two objects together, another third unrelated object will stick to one of them. You'd be like, why is that happening? And actually, the Greek word for amber is electron, but it's spelled like different, but it's... It's got two E. It's two E's. Three E's I think total. I've seen e it electron. With a K, too, instead of mm-hmm. a C. Uh, Thales also wrote about magnetite, which is a, it was a rock that, guess what? It's magnetic. That other, sir, other like rocks, which we know contain iron, would stick to. And he didn't have to rub those rocks <laughs> to get stuff to stick to them. Yeah. And this, in the notes, it says uh, that he wrote about magnetite, which could attract objects without rubbing. <laughs> He's like, without rubbing. It's kind of neat, though, because Thales was onto something here, though, because he was seeing two different electrical-related phenomenon, right? Magnetite is magnetic, and what's happening there is the magnetic field is what's attracting iron-containing rocks, whereas the rubbing wool on amber is uh, charge. So that's an electric field that's causing the attraction. So it really is two different so what's a charge? Physical phenomena. That's like the first term, right? Charge. Yes. Yes. So uh, charge is our term uh, generally when describing matter that has either like an excess of electrons or less electrons. And when I say electron, these are subatomic particles. And everything we're going to talk about here is really a human conception. And it's sort of a cartoon view of reality because it describes how things actually work. But because this is all based on actual like quantum mechanics and subatomic particles, uh, the concept of charge is a nice fiction that we have to describe why things act the way they do. Okay, so, charge, definition, please. Well, it's like a surplus of electrons hanging out in one spot. Okay, and it could be pos- so it could be positive or negative. Or, yeah, charged. or a deficit of electrons. Um, a good comparison would be to gravity, which is another like fundamental force in the universe, right? And electrical charge is similar. Okay. So gravity is like two, just two things just by virtue of having mass will attract each other and like move towards each other. Charge can be positive or negative. Likes repel each other and opposites attract. Mm. And that's really it. Charge How do you think like, we met? <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so it's just like it originates from subatomic particles and it's sort of the word we give to those particles being there or not being there. But really, it's more useful to describe interactions of objects. So we can say the two charged objects attract each other or repel each other. Okay. So this, what's going on with the amber and the silk? What's going on with that amber and silk? So, Which one is positive? Which one's negative? Much like we talked about in the weather episode, right? Where like... Lightning is formed because charge separates into two distinct areas in a cloud. That's what's happening with the amber Just, and the wool. You're you're basically like rubbing electron. A bunch of extra electrons end up on the amber, and the okay. wool ends up with less electrons. Silk. Sorry, silk. Silk. Oh, well, it works with wool too. I mean, you know, our our boy was a he was fancy. Okay, the silk and the silk gives electrons to the amber. That's so nice of it. And then what's, what's up with the feather? So because opposite charges attract each other, what happens with the feathers, the feather is neutral at first, has roughly equal number of, uh, I guess you'd say, protons and electrons. 
And as the feather gets close, sort of close to the amber, we'll say the amber has a bunch of extra electrons. The electrons in the feather run away, leaving behind a bunch of protons or positive charges, and then the feather is attracted. So what you've done is actually, it's called, uh, that's induction. You've induced charge. (laughs) Well, just by bringing another charge thing close to something, you can then make that thing charge itself up and respond, and then it will stick together. He's like, who's got a feather charger? My feather's running out of charge. Mm -hmm. Someone's like, yo, I got amber. No, someone's like, my feather's only out of charge because you've got your stupid amber over there. (laughs) You've pushed all the charge out of my feather. Oh, okay. Do you have anything before 1600, like in between 600 and 1600? No, there was, the electricity was just sort of a curiosity at that point. Mm. People were like, okay, do the feather trick. Okay. So we have William Gilbert. He was a scientist and a physician to Queen Elizabeth I, and he invented the term electricity. He was the first person to recognize there is a connection between magnetism and electricity, which you were just talking about. And he described, the first to describe the Earth's magnetic field. And then he also has the lodestone effect versus static electricity. Which is, I thought this was funny because he's 2,200 years after Thales of Miletus. And he's basically saying the exact same thing. The lodestone effect is just magnetism, which is the same as objects that stick when I don't rub them. Oh, the, the magnetite, right? Yeah, he called it the lodestone effect. He's like, I'm going to rename the stone. Yeah, well, Gilbert rediscovered it, I suppose, versus static electricity. Um, so yeah, even after 2,000 years, uh, progress in electrical technology had not really advanced. Okay. But things were about. They were about. <laughs> about to change. I couldn't think of an electric. No. electric. They were charged up. In the 1700s, the early 1700s, there were machines that would basically create static electricity that would do this like similar thing to these experiments. And they were used as a parlor trick. Like I saw one that it basically put strung this like boy up, like that they would just string him up and then kind of like charge up his hair and have him like move different objects that were below him. So you know why your hair like stands on end and charges up like that? Why? If, If you like, have a lot of charge on yourself. Poor K. Because, let, right, if you have a ton of extra electrons now in the strands of your hair, they all are trying to separate from each other because oh. they're repelling each other. Because they're so, too similar. So you, Yeah, so your hair all separates because it's the electrons all trying to space out. And then they can attract something that's like negatively ch- or oppositely charged, right? So that's what they would have him do. They like put his head over a feather or something. Yeah, and that, so then all the electrons in his head would induce a charge, positive charge in the feather, which would then stick to him. Yeah. And they, this is why you can get a shock, though, if you, right, you've got all these extra electrons. If you touch something that acts as a, a sink for all the electrons to run into. Something metal? Like something metal. Uh, you can have a high enough voltage uh, that the charge actually jumps across the air gap. It's so eager to get off of you. It will jump across the air. And so you could see a spark and it hurts. Yeah. They probably did that to these boys too. I just at their parlor, their did, parlor times. You, I, I mean, given that you never saw the 
acrylic rod and silk trick. Uh, you probably never saw in the science labs in Northern Virginia public schools. They actually had like one of these static electricity generating machines, and it's a, a conveyor belt. Wait, that, can I guess? Does it have a guy running on a carpet in the conveyor? No, with his socks. The no, conveyor okay. belt is basically like covered in silk or whatever, <gasps> so you can just hold the rod against the conveyor belt, and it's like really charges it up. Wow. I can't believe someone made that. We had great public school resources, I suppose. Yeah, someone took a hamster wheel. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing in New York schools. They were just like stick this fork in the electrical outlet. Okay, 1705. Francis Hawksby invents neon light. He created electrical effects by placing mercury into a glass globe, pumping out the air and spinning it. When he did this in the dark and then he rubbed it with his bare hand, it glowed. <laughs> He didn't even know that he had invented neon light. He was also doing a lot of experiments with static electricity. Yeah, so. I don't I don't love this giving him credit for neon light just based on this like bizarre mercury experiment. Yeah. Because he had no idea what he was doing. Oh man. Okay. Seventeen twenty, <laughs> Stephen Gray shocks people at the other end of a glass tube. So he he kind of he creates like a charge at one end of a glass tube and then he'll have some he'll be like come here i want to tell you a secret and then <laughs> the person will like put their ear to it and i don't really like, understand them. this experiment well the this like principle of getting i guess electric electricity elect yeah electrical charge to travel that's later used for like the telegraph so that's why i actually like pop this in here he was the mm. first person to experiment like sending it long distances because up until this point people were doing it like real close but he was like it, these were like long ass tubes like they were like feet long you know? <laughs> like 20 feet yeah remember the the tubes that people would have to talk through like six feet it's like a, they they weren't allowed to like sit next to each other COVID, covid tube covid yeah on dates okay. that's he was like come here i want to tell you a secret it was the first uh handshake shocker but you know, okay. And then we get to Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's what Benjamin Franklin actually did that's important. People for a long time had suspected that lightning was the same as electric, like as electricity, right? Because they but, were familiar with sparks that you can yeah. do sparks from all these static electricity experiments. And they're like, lightning does look like a big spark. Yeah. I wonder the, if that's the same thing. And what he did is he proved, or he helped prove, because actually these French guys were the first people to prove it, that that was true. So he wrote a letter to his friend, because he was like spending a lot of time uh, abroad. He had a, a lot of gap years, and the French and British people were like obsessed with this. And so he was like communicating with them when he went back to America. And he was like, if, if you had like a, a steeple, like a, a really tall, like house with like a steeple. And then you had a metal wire coming down from the steeple and lightning hit it. And then some, somebody like touched the metal wire, they would see sparks fly off. And the, there was a bunch of like Frenchmen who decided to try it and they did. And they had all these like notes and stuff like that. Benjamin Franklin didn't know that they had tried it. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to do this like kite thing. 
So he waited for a rainstorm. He took a kite with a key at the end of it. And it was like it had like a metal wire, some some beading wire or something that was holding the kite. And he did not wait for lightning to strike the kite because that would have like killed him probably. But just there was so much electric charge in the air that it was able to like send it back to the key. And then he had his son touch the key and his son had a perm for the rest of his life. His son had to touch the key? Yeah, because the whole thing was like you would have to produce sparks. Like the 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 experiment or like the... I thought he used like a lead line jar or something that would like be well, like metal to oh, the ground. He, there was a Leyden jar. This yeah. is like a, a, what do you call it? A... um secondary part of the experiment (laughs) he was like let's take this key and then like use it to like set a Leyden jar off so they did that later when they went home but that's this that is what he did the kite did not get struck by lightning he didn't like invent electricity but he was able to with some french guys prove that lightning is also electricity and that's pretty cool and then also because benjamin franklin had so much correspondence with like France and he was a good friends with the French people. Um, they, a lot of people think that that helped the Americans win the revolutionary war. A Leyden jar, by the way, oh, is, yeah. was invented, I guess in the mid 1700s. So it's like a capacitor or like a very simple battery. It's a glass jar and it has like a metal ball inside and metal coating on the outside. And you can transfer a bunch of charge to the interior, like metal ball and it sits there basically in vacuum inside the jar, just holding onto the charge, which has nowhere to go. And then people touch it. Well, you can, you've effectively then, uh, right, that creates a very strong electric field between the outside metal and the inside metal. And then you could, if you hook it to a circuit then, right, like the inside and outside like thing to like something, a light bulb or a person or whatever, you <laughs> can send a bunch of, electrical charge through something right you can send the charge somewhere which is called current Mm. which is the movement of electric charge so yeah that that concept of charging up the Leyden jar and then you know by this time in the 1700s they have figured out some ways i guess to measure if there's electrical like if charge is collected somewhere um and so this gives rise to a couple terms to describe the stuff that they're doing right so we the movement of charge is called current. Okay. And when you have charge in one place, the way we can the way you, to conceptualize how this charge will interact with other charges that are brought near it or away from it is an electric field. So the electric field is like kind of talked about um, and we draw pictures of it with little like lines with arrows radiating away from like the charge. <laughs> I you drop it. <laughs> I'm like we let's Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we engineers, not you, but we engineers. I'm, like, do. I'm not drawing pictures of that. <laughs> Let me tell you. So the the concept of the electric field is introduced by Michael Faraday. Okay, we're almost there. We got to talk about Luigi Galva- Galvani. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about him? The, I love that he's doing that. He's like so metal. By the way, he discovered that when he touched a dead frog's leg with a knife. It twitched violently, and he was like, I am into this. And then... That's what referred to as galvanic? Yeah, well, it's this frog this frog, and him and his brother, they're going to like happen for a moment here with, with discoveries. So then 
Alessandra Volta showed that this was because electricity is created when moisture from the frog, because frogs be moist, comes into contact with the two different types of metal, the steel knife and a tin plate. So, yes, galvanic current comes from that. Or gal- galvanic just refers or, to the movement of or use of current for something. Yes. Can I f- say I've used galvanic? I've used a galvanic machine. What does that mean? Okay. So I, I'm an esthetician. And when we were giving... <laughs> your head just like popped up. We were giving facials to people. We had this machine that would, it would do... It was like a metal roller and it would send a positive current and you would roll their skin so it was like the positive current would like open the pores and then at the end of the facial you would go back over and do the negative and that would like close their pores wow. so it's called the galvanic machine galvanic is uh electric current produced by chemical action that's kind of the key it's oh, an yeah. interaction with chemicals so in your case there's some biological thing happening because of what the electricity is doing to in the on the skin the and we would use we would use like um, like a mi- very mild like a glycolic acid or something on the skin like as a toner to like help conduct. <laughs> there was like a lotion that you were supposed to put on for each one. I have to go back to my notes to tell you about that, but chemical, okay. yeah. And you may have heard of it in term talking about galvanized steel. Oh yeah, is that like... I never... So galvanized steel is the... You put a... It's like a weather-resistant coating that goes on a lot of steel. And it has a very distinctive looking pattern. It's kind of like a light gray, like sort of scaly looking. It makes it rough. Um, But the way way that you coat it is through an electrical process. I never knew that. It makes it look cheap and like rough. (laughs) Yeah, although it makes it more like weather-resistant actually. I never knew that. I was always like, oh, that's cheaper, grosser steel. No, it's steel that's like good for the elements. Whoa, didn't know that. There you go. Okay, then we have, I want to say pile, but I feel like that's... Oh, wait, one more final thing on on Galvani, right? Inspired Frankenstein. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Bringing someone back to life. Also... That's specifically what... Um, Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley was was reading about and like referencing. And that was Dr. Frankenstein, right? Like Dr. Frankenstein was based on Galvani. I, I read that, yeah. So Volta, <laughs> these names are so great. So it's interesting, right? These are a lot of, historically, we've had a lot of like British scientists, but these guys are all like Europeans, right? Yeah. And a lot of Italians. I mean, America was busy, right? <laughs> Fighting a revolution, I suppose. Yeah, they're busy. They had a lot of breakthroughs in war technology and guns. That's true. We did, as last episode, we talked about, yeah, Colt and Smith and Wesson. That's what they were doing. Okay. So Volta created the first simple battery using silver and zinc discs placed between muslin, which was dampened with a salt solution. This was developed from Galvani's experiment with the frog. So this is a like a crucial moment in the history of electricity because it's creating a storage mechanism that's actually durable that's going to hold on to charge. How big do you think? Do you think it was like really big or really small? They were huge. Okay. I've seen, I've seen pictures. <laughs> it was like a big, like several feet big, probably weighed like, you know, hundreds of pounds. That's amazing. <laughs> be like, hey, you got any, what would that be? Like a, 
Well, you did this in a laboratory and the battery, describe it again. What was it? It was like layers of... Zinc, muslin, a damp muslin, which had a salt solution. Yeah, so you you stack up these plates of the zinc with muslin like between separating it and the muslin keeps the plates from contacting each other and then you like fill the solution or it's called the electrolyte in a battery gatorade yeah you've you fill the you fill the battery and they're like pouring it into like probably a giant <laughs> glass tube that contains this whole like you know giant battery thing it's so comical stuff that's really big or really small is so funny it's very like whose line is it anyway i mean this is very much straight out of right like early science fiction films of like the mad scientist thing is like the stuff that they had in those films like is what sci- it actually is what like this technology looked like at the time you think it sucks when your thing runs out of batteries now <laughs> mm. well you just you know you'd have to hook it up to the uh the old silk and amber <laughs> to charge it back up somebody pet this cat quick I don't I don't actually know how they were like generating to like like charge up the battery. We could read up on that. How you charge up frogs. Uh, I one mean of obviously classic frogs, batteries. Right? Probably the most famous uh electrical term that people know is Volts. is the volt. What is a volt? It's a measurement of power? It's a measurement of electric potential. <gasps> So you're on the right track because we talked about I talked about current is charge moving, right? That's measured in amps, which is named after Ampere, who we're gonna get to. And electrical potential, which is equivalent as an analogy with water would be equivalent to like water pressure, um, is named after volt and power is current times potential. So, so volt when they're like high voltage, that just means you have the potential to hurt yourself that you're not actually Yes. It's like there's like it could be dangerous, but we don't <laughs> generally when you see a sign that says high voltage, for example, near power lines, it's there also is enough current in those lines to kill you. Mm. And generally, human skin actually, it's called the dielectric, I guess, capacitance of human skin is 50 volts. So generally, something below 50 volts isn't going to shock you. Mm-hmm. So Speak for yourself. Granted, and that means any, any household appliance can kill you, though, because your household electricity is 120 volts. But I'm so scared. Okay, <laughs> I'm scared. I don't want to. Be wanna... careful. It's Ooh. in the walls. Ah! It's right there. No. Uh, so just a little aside on electrical potential, what we're talking about then is it's linked to the concept of an electric field. So the, the textbook definition is if an electric field exists, if I have an electric charge at a way out at a distance of infinity and I bring it all the way very close to me, how much work do I have to do? And the measurement of work in physics is the joule. So to move a charge of one coulomb... Okay, whoa, and do whoa, whoa, one whoa. joule of work on it takes one volt. Okay. There's your conversion factor. Thank you. No one out there cares about it. <laughs> Thank you. I will put that in my notes. Wait, okay. Humphrey- An easy way for you to think about it would be in terms of batteries, right? Like okay. a nine volt battery is the little rectangle battery. Yes. Well, yeah. No, I, I, I got you. It's, yeah. My um, UV lamps for curing my resin say how, much, how many voltage volts they are. That's so I know which one is going to cure the resin faster. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. That's how I think. That's about how much it. Ele- electrical potential it's using. The little AA batteries, one point five volts. Oh yeah, it does say that. 
However, that is just telling you effectively the the pressure at which the battery can put out electrons into a circuit. It's not saying that it would. It's like what you say you're going to do well, isn't necessarily what you're going to do. The capacity of the battery, how much total current it can put out, is measured in milliamp hours. Oh, no, no, no. How many hours can it put out a certain charge of a certain amperage? Okay. That's basically how many total electrons are in this thing such that I can send them out into this circuit for, you know, how many hours will this thing last? Okay. Yeah, I got scared. I, I heard time and then I got scared because it reminded me of like physics class. Well, it's, I do, I want people to do, to like hopefully take this away if, if it works at all for this episode is that you really, the analogy with water as a way of doing work is really useful, I think. So a battery can be thought of as water at like a little volume of water at a very high pressure. And when you hook it into a circuit, you start leaking water out of it. And eventually you deplete all of the water out of, that, out of that thing or all of the like, you know, excess electrons that the battery has. So you need to measure in terms of time. How long can it supply that source of electrons? Thus the unit milliamp hours. You know that actually people did think of electricity as, as a fluid. Actually, Benjamin Franklin, all these people, they just assumed it was a fluid. So that's, that's a good analogy. Because that is very much how it works. Yeah. The source of life. The fluid of life. That's it, why Gatorade. Yeah, they thought it was Gatorade. It is worth, before we move on to it, it's worth noting, Benjamin Franklin invented our moder modern, like, the whole terminology we use. So when I talked about electrons have negative charge, Benjamin Franklin decided that for all of us, and we're all stuck with it. And it actually makes things really ridiculous, because Benjamin Franklin, when he drew circuits, or the concept of circuit... We talk about charges flowing from positive to negative, but the electrons are actually going the opposite direction. Benjamin Franklin. Practically, what? like none of this matters, but the electrons in our, when we make an electrical circuit, the electrons actually flow backwards compared to how we always draw current flowing. What? So when we talk about current flowing in a circuit why don't we just change it we go from plus to minus it's not gonna do anything generally we start like but why why do we do that why didn't someone change it when he died i don't know we've been stuck with this forever it's really it's yeah like the torah a, He's like, you a, gotta dir read a dirty back. secret of the electrical the international electrical engineering society is that the electrons actually go opposite the direction that we say they do that's wild he also liked to be naked so you know did you know he discovered the Gulf Stream? <laughs> like I said, he liked to be naked. <laughs> you, okay. you know, he said okay. he discovered the Gulf Stream, but it was flowing the wrong way. Let's hand it back to the inventors. Who's who's on Sir next? Humphrey Davy? So you know he's good because he's already been knighted. Okay, and he, but he discovered um, the first form of hair removal, electrolysis. <laughs> okay. He was like, yeah, when I pass electrical current through <laughs> through some substances like hair they begin to decompose. And this became known as electrolysis. His experiments also led to the discovery of a range of elements, including calcium, magnesium, and barium. And strontium. But it's true that electrolysis, have you ever heard of electrolysis? Like hair, that's what, mm -hmm. I used to do it to people. It's not very effective. You have to get a lot of sessions, like a lot more than for laser. But it does, it does work for like tiny areas. Like a lot of people get their their mustache electrolified. Um, electrolysis is like a, you know, it's a technical term that's used in chemistry for chemical experiments. 
like like purifying aluminum and lithium and and like a bunch of like raw materials used to like purify copper production of potassium chlorate oh because if you if you do it the organic matter that's used in production of fuels such as hydrogen like removing metallic impurities that things that aren't copper from the right yeah i said like organic like car like things that will decompose I don't even know about necessarily organic stuff. Just certain metals are more prone to like perhaps like decomposing when exposed to an electrical current. And rust removal. Uh, Electrolysis used to clean old coins and metallic objects. The most important. The most important purpose. It's a a real chemical process that certain... He wasn't doing experiments on hair. You you don't know that. He had very smooth legs. (laughs) Very smooth calves. Okay. The other Hans Christian. Hans Christian Oristed. Guess where he's from? Denmark. He found that when electricity flows through a wire, it generates a magnetic field which affects the needle of a nearby compass. Just that if you run current through a wire, it generates a magnetic field. And then he was like, I have a parlor trick. Let's put this compass. Well, the the opposite is also true. If you move a magnet near a wire, it will induce a current in the wire. He kind of discovered induction or instead. And this is a principle that underlies how generators work and how motors work. So this is like kind of a fundamental moment in the modern electrical power system. What's induction like, mean? Power system. Quick definition. Um, induction just means like f- from doing one thing, you create some action or physical effect somewhere else. So induction in this case is by running current through, say, a coil of wire, a magnetic field will, will, like, will appear inside the coil of wire. Or if you move a magnet, say if you're spinning a turbine, you attach magnets to it and you move that inside a coil of wire, it will create a current inside the wire. So it's like your hamster silk, but like way more advanced. And without touching. Without touching, without rubbing, no rubbing. They just have to be next to each other. (laughs) No rubbing involved. And then that the fact that a, and specifically a change in current causes a magnetic field to form a change in the magnetic field causes a current to appear is basically like how radio waves work and how light works, which is kind of wild. So Oersted really was discovering a really fundamental, like, I don't know, aspect of reality (laughs) and our our physical world. So way to go, Oersted, for figuring that out. And then followed up by Faraday. Faraday. Religious. Oersted basically was like, hey, if I... If there's a current flowing in a wire, I measure a magnetic field. Faraday flipped it around. He's like, what he said, if I move the magnet? He said, what if God inside moves the, a wire? Well, he was first like, what if God moves the magnet? And then he was like, if I can figure out how to do that, then I can talk to God. Because he was a very religious boy. What do you know was, about Faraday? He was also a very science boy. So he, yeah, he discovered that when a magnet is moved inside a coil of copper, a tiny electric current flows through the wire. And then this discovery led to the invention of electric motors. Faraday is an interesting persona because like, right, you were saying like, you know, Sir Davies and like some, a lot of these people are like aristocrats who are like just hanging out at the Royal Society because it's fun. But Faraday is like a working man. He's a brewer Mm -hmm. who just starts experimenting with electricity for fun. Well, because he thought it would get him closer to God Mm. because he was very religious. And his religion... They made you come to this supper every Sunday. And if you missed like any of the suppers or like you didn't follow the rules, they would excommunicate you forever, like period. And Michael Faraday got invited 
to have tea with the Queen of England and he could not pass that up, but he had to miss the Sunday moment with his church group and they like excommunicated him. <laughs> yeah. And he was really sad because he was like, I'm just trying to talk to God with magnets. So if Orsted discovered like the principle that really like is behind how motors work, Faraday discovers the principle behind how generators work, which is that if you move a magnet around, it will generate or it will induce an electrical current. Wait, so if you're like trapped in the woods, but you have a magnet and you move it around, can you generate power? So have you seen the flashlight that you can shake it up and then... Wait, the flashlight? No. Yeah. Yes, I have seen that flashlight. Okay, that works through electrical induction. Could you do it yourself? Like if you had two magnets, could you rub them together? You don't really have a circuit to then capture the resulting like current. Okay. I was just wondering. But if you perhaps have a battery that has like a charging cell in it, then yes, shaking, moving the magnet around by shaking it up and down or whatever can charge up your light. Or you've seen the batteries or lights that have a crank that you turn? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a little generator in there. And when you're turning the crank, there's a magnet attached to that. And you're spinning the magnet around inside a coil. And that's creating an electrical current that's charging a battery. That's so cool. Things they don't teach you in Boy Scouts. It really is pretty cool. You could take that thing apart and you would see exactly this. A bunch of like wiring in a coil with you, a magnet in the middle of it. You would be so disappointed. You were like, damn, there's not elves in here. No, you're like, hell? wow, that's how that works. Okay. All right. Now we can talk about Andre Ampere. Yeah. I'm going to guess that he discovered the amp. Or he was amps are named after him. The, yes. And the actual name of the unit of current is the ampere. We just call it amp for short. And we also call the a, the piece of equi sound equipment an amp. Yo, you bring your amp? Well, that's short for amplifier. Oh, okay. Are they related or no? No, I okay, don't think amplifier mind. is named after ampere. Oops, okay. Well, ampere published theories about electricity and magnetism explaining the electrodynamic theory. He was the first person to explain this theory. The unit for electrical currents, Ampere or Amps, is named after him. So Ampere, I guess he formalized uh, mathematically. He was, he was like, I think, more of a mathematician physicist. He kind of formalized what Faraday and Orsted had discovered and written about. And he put it into math. Amps is the actual y unit of power, right? Current. Current, okay. Unit of current. Amp is the current. Volt is the measure of electrical potential. And when you multiply amps times volts, you get watts. And a watt is a unit of power. Okay, can we talk about this with a light bulb? Sure. A light bulb like package? Okay. Light bulbs are generally rated in terms of watts. Right. That tells you how bright the light's going to be. But it will also say like amps on it, won't it? Or no? Generally, no. A light bulb will just tell you how many watts it is as a way of conveying how bright it is. And you can do, if you want to do the math in your head, you can calculate how many amps a light bulb will consume because your home electricity system is 120 volts. Unless 
Unless you're in Europe or anywhere else in the world except for North America, has a higher voltage system. Has between has like on the edge. Has 220 to 240 volts. America is stuck with 120, unfortunately, because we were the first ones to have an electrical power grid. That's that. And it's too late to upgrade it. Higher voltage systems are better. We won't get into it. (laughs) Maybe we will. Yeah. Uh, Because Silo has a. We're doing some cool stuff with high voltage. Okay. Anyway. With that side, you can in your head, so you can say like LED light bulbs are way more efficient than old incandescent light bulbs, but a standard old pretty bright light bulb incandescent was 100 watts. If your home power system is 120 volts, you can do your wattage divided by your volts. And so that that light bulb would consume about 0.8 amps of current. Okay. Another quick aside, and a lot of people want to know this, how many amps does it take to kill you? Oh, yeah. I. That's my number one question. It's very few, surprisingly. Um, so what we just said, that light bulb is oh, 0. 0.8 amps. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to killing people with amps. Oh, the current Yeah, wars? we're going to get to it. All right, oh, I'll come to it later. Should we save it? Teaser, spoiler. Okay. Oh, not spoiler. All right, continue. But who's teaser. next? Ohm. This guy, George Ohm. He was very zen. Okay. He was German. And he published a complete theory of electricity. And the unit of electrical resistance, or OHM, ohm, is named after him. Also, the sound that the universe made when it was created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the little equation I just gave you, where you can do your light bulbs, like wattage divided by the voltage to get the amps, uh, ohm formalized like a lot of that. That was his contribution. And that light bulb has a little carbon filament in it, which hasn't been invented yet. It's still the 1800s. Um, future. But that that has a a resistance or whatever. It's it's like something that basically like it's like a bumpy road for the electrons to travel over as they're going through the circuit. It slows them down. Henry showed that a well, a wire wrapped in coils produces a greater electromagnetism than a straight one. Oh, you were just talking about that, I guess the bumpy road, right? Uh, Henry specifically, this is a uh, this dynamo. is how transformers work. Oh my God, like the robots? And specifically, a, a kind of. Uh, our AC power system, right? Our power lines are at like 20,000 volts, whereas your household electricity is 120 volts. The th- device that like does that conversion is called the transformer. And Henry discovered a lot of the basic underlying principles of how transformers work. That's cool. I just imagine him like in like the, the transformer movie. It's just him with a box. All right. Michael Faraday. Didn't you already talk about yeah, Faraday? Yeah, but he, but at, it, it, yes. He's it, at, this is 10 years later, he's though. He's at it again in 1831. He's at it, he's back, back, back again. He demonstrated electromagnetic induction by passing a magnet through a coil of wire. And this is the same year, 1831, hot year. Charles Wheatstone and William Cook also created the first telegraph machine. Also, it's like wild that they've invented the telegraph at this point, it's 1831, right? Mm-hmm. There's no like electrical grid. There's no. no sockets. Like you can't plug stuff in. And yet they've invented like a telegraph machine. It's crazy. What is it powered by? Cats and silk and amber. I think just like weird giant batteries like being created by Volta or whatever with like filled with like lead and salt water. But it's incredibly valuable, right? It's like prior to this, there was no way to send messages long distance without putting someone on a horse to send them to like go deliver the message but this is you know this is fundamental change in society here in you know what popularized us the um 
the telegraph. Like, you know, because I, I feel like these people, they were just like clowning each other. They were just like, hey, like they were just like messing with each other until there was a practical use for it. I'm guessing some war. No, the, this girl was being like choked out and she was screaming. And then like they they sent like a telegraph to like come help her because like I guess one of the I think Wheatstone was like nearby and he was like, oh, my God. And he like sent a telegraph to like he was like, please come help like someone's screaming. And they caught the the guy. Wow. The guy was like running away and they were like, it's him. I feel like this is staged. <laughs> it's like rapidly It was Wheatstone. It was, yeah. It was Wheatstone no, he was just like SOS or whatever. Okay. Um, but but then in the papers, they were like, it's amazing. It's saving lives. And, and piggybacking on this, Samuel Morse invented Morse code. And he demonstrated sending 10 words a minute with his new telegraph machine. So he's like, yo, can make it this makes better. sense though, right? Once you have a, a machine that can just make little like beeps or whatever, you have to invent a language that people can very quickly send messages with. What did he do? He could do 10 words a minute. That's pretty good. <laughs> can you imagine how long this podcast would be? <laughs> 10 words, <laughs> like hours. That's what more, Morse code is the one that's like, it's just the beeps and they mean something or the, or yeah. is that the one that's yeah, like. Yeah, Morse code, code is that. It's like beep, 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 Oh beep, yeah, beep, in all the beep, movies. The, the telegraph. Yeah. yeah, that's a telegraph signal coming in. And if you're trained in it, you can just like, you know, you hear that as letters and, and that's why you have to shorten certain things, right? So to like, in that you put like stop at the end of a sentence or whatever. That's right. Send, Batman is taking over. Stop. Send help. Stop. Because you had to pay per letter in your telegraph too, so you keep it brief. Damn. And that's Sam. why you short and save our ship to SOS. Sam Morse, wealthy boy. Mm-hmm. All right. Thomas Edison, he's on the scene. So now we're in the late 1800s. The Civil yep. War has happened. And it's, and so is another Civil War about to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Between ACDC. Okay. Do you want me to talk about Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla, like their childhood and stuff? Well, Tesla bit? was was like definitely younger than Edison. Well, yeah. So just talk about Edison and then, okay. yeah, he's a, a weird funny dude. Things. He's, they're both weird. He's from, from Menlo Park, New Jersey. Exactly. The Wizard of Jersey. As a child, he liked to experiment with chemicals and he saved somebody on this train. So they gave, there was a smoking car on the train and they were like, no one's using this. So you can just have it. When Edison was like 11 years old, they just gave him the smoking car and they were like, you what, do your experiments in here. So he was like working on a train <laughs> doing experiments. And then I think he spilled sulfuric acid all over the floor of the train. So they like kicked him off. And then he had... Um, it happens. Most chemists have spilled acid on the floor of a laboratory at some point or another. This is like his train lab, though. <laughs> They're like, get off the train. Get off the train. He did really like tinkering with stuff, though, and like inventing things. He he invented this rat-killing machine. Like the first... You know those like no... What is that? The, the no-harm like electrocuting mouse traps. Mm-hmm. He invented one mm. for his office. And then later, when his wife passed away, he tried to bring her back using... <laughs> oh, no, trying to Frankenstein monster? <laughs> yeah, with, no his, with his rat trap. Because it was like, 
it's really smart though. There was like one part of the, I guess like a metal plate was like charged one way and one part was like charged the other way and they were separate. And if the rat like ran over it, it would just like electrocute it. It would be like, bam. That's like so gross though. It's like have all these rats all over your office. So he did that. He built a direct current generator in the 1870s. And he was like, I'm going to provide New York, New York's electricity. Not Jersey, though. He didn't, he didn't really care about Jersey. Well, New York needed it for the lights of Broadway. And, and New York had uh, streetcars everywhere. They really wanted to electrify the streetcars, too. Did you know this? You had to provide your own lights. Like, it was a rule that you had to provide your own light, like... Um, Lights in your house. You had to keep your lights on in your house up to a certain, like, a clock. And then you also had to light the gas lamp outside of your house. So that was, like, your responsibility. You had to pay for it and everything. People were like, what? <laughs> They're just like, no. So he wanted to change that. Yeah. Um, all right. So then we have Tesla. Edison also... Right. Well, he invented the- invented the phonograph and pretty much the the first practical like moving picture. Yes, and the first light bulb, right? The incandescent and light did bulb. Did invent. Uh, actually, was a couple months after some Joseph British- Joseph Swan. Yeah, was a, was behind Swan by a couple months, but he made the same discovery a few months later in America. But Edison's so- hunt for the material to put in the light bulb famously. He tried like over 2,000 different materials. Yeah, because he sucked. <laughs> we'll get to it later with Tesla because Tesla had a very cutting insult. Yeah, Tesla. In, in Edison's obituary, mm-hmm. the New York Times ran like a full front page story on it. Tesla was the only person with a negative comment on it. Which, on the which Reddit. Which we'll get into the later. The Edison Reddit, he was like yeah. a shade. Okay, so continue. Meanwhile, Ale- Alexander Graham Bell's inventing telephones over here. Yeah, he was like, ring, ring. <laughs> So 1876, <laughs> and it uses his telephone used electricity. This is a big step up from the telegraph. Totally. Absolutely. Oh, I wanted to also say Thomas Edison, that guy who like threw him off the tra- uh, threw him off the train, yelled in his ear. So he was like deaf he in was one deaf ear. Deaf in one ear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just screams in his ear. Okay, Nikola Tesla is the son of a priest and a factory girl in Serbia. And he also has a knack for like tinkering with things. His, well, not tinkering. He's in, he just builds stuff. He doesn't need to tinker. He's like, I dreamed it and I built it. Here it is. Bam. And he, he gets that from his mother. His dad wants him to go into like the clergy and, Tesla one-ups him by getting cholera and saying, if I survive, can I please go to engineering school? And his dad is like, yeah, fine. Just like live, please. Oh, because his brother died. So like the family was like, you need to live, please. So he he ends up going to engineering school. He gets kicked out or he, it's either he gets kicked out or he like spends his tuition gambling because he's really into gambling. Some people think it's because he was like, he had a like a bit of, bunch of compulsions so everything was like had to be divisible by three so some people think he liked gambling because he was just like waiting for some like numerical moment to happen 
Um, so Tesla's probably today would be diagnosed as having Asperger's, but was a genius, a really like unique individual. Yeah. So claimed to and was observed to by journalists to only sleep two hours a night with occasional naps to, and this is a quote, he said he would he had to recharge his batteries. <laughs> he would only he would nap occasionally. Um, did really seem to appreciate uh, good food and wine. Uh, probably celibate his entire life. Hated circles. He hated pearls, had earrings. An, had an eidetic memory. Which means that which it's means better than perfect, photographic. Perfect recall throughout his life. And he would just think of something and just build it. He so didn't in, need in very to draw. intense details. He could make dimensioned blueprints in his head, uh, and would not work from plans. Could just build things to spec completely, knowing exactly what the measurements were supposed to be. He spoke eight languages, um, which, like, I don't think he ever really took any special time or dedicated, like, you know, years to learning them either. He just picked them up along the way, uh, and cared a lot about pigeons. He did. Oh, he also did this experiment. He pow. I think he powered a generator, like a mini or turbo, or I don't know the terminology. He powered a little machine with June bugs when he was younger. Like that was like one of his first like in inventions. And this kid came and ate the June bugs, and he was so disgusted that he was like, "I'm ending my research with really <laughs> with these creatures." Things were really rough in Serbia at the time, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so he Tesla is probably the most fascinating person we're going to talk about in this yeah. episode. He's working in France for, I guess, like a overseas branch of like Edison's, one of Edison's company companies, and his boss is like, "I'm going to send you to New York to work for Edison," and then he goes, he goes to work for Edison, and he's like, "I can." make your company better i can right he's like i can change what did he do for him he didn't pitch anything he just he went to work and he developed a bunch of like new technologies like the edison you know company at that time was inventing stuff related to like electricity and their like dc electrical system right they're already they have contracts already to provide electricity as a service provider to a bunch of new york in the form of dc current and Tesla invents like a better like arc lamp for them that runs off DC power. Uh, basically, like, improves a bunch of their inventions. And apparently, the Edison company. This is what I was getting at. This they is disputed, but they Tesla at least claimed in his diary that they offered a bunch of bonuses or awards. Like if you could come up with a new idea that got patented, you'd get a bonus of like fifty thousand dollars. Maybe the equivalent of fifty thousand. That's what it's. Yeah. $50,000. I, yeah, I read something, though, but they're like, that today would be equivalent to like $1.5 million, and like Edison's company didn't even have that much money laying well, no, around. No, I mean, the equivalent. So it's like, not clear that it I'm, like, I'm bringing it up to the current moment for people. Yeah. $50,000 in today's money. Oh, okay. Anyway, apparently they never paid out these bonuses. Tesla got mad and complained about it. And, and they said, when you're in America for long enough, you'll understand an American joke. And he was like, oh. Yeah, Edison said, you don't understand our American sense of humor. Uh, other people have disputed this because they've been like, they've been like, I don't believe Edison would even offer bonuses like that because they're, they were notoriously stingy at the time with pay. But even someone probably said it to, they were like, oh, yeah, we'll give you, you know, da, da, da. like they probably were just being sarcastic. And what it probably was like, he's like, you don't get sarcasm. But 
Um, so, so Tesla quit. He quit. And then, oh, he's already invented the Tesla coil. Do you want to talk about what that is? He's like, yeah. yeah you may have seen a Tesla coil in some electricity demonstration. And those little balls at the mall that you put your hand on and you see the yes. plasma or whatever work off a similar principle. But a Tesla coil is uh, the, it's the the thing that Albert uses, right? Is that a Tesla coil? It's very it's a similar concept, yeah. That thing might have a Tesla coil in it's, it. It's it's like a ground that stores charge, right? Or not, not a ground. Okay. Sorry. Don't get mad at me, I'm stupid. It's just a, Educate me. This is a device that generates really high voltage. Okay. So like up to like 10,000, 50,000 volts, a very low current, but it's a high enough voltage that the, the charge, the electrons will actually bridge the air gap and they'll jump across it. So you get a spark, but it's a very low current spark. So it, it doesn't necessarily hurt and it's not really dangerous. So we have a friend who does this. I should name by the way, ground. The concept. Ground is a concept which is just some place that charge can go when we're done with it in our circuit. Mm -hmm. And every circuit generally is grounded for safety. And so that there's an excess supply of charge, it has somewhere to go. And the circuit remains, this is you know, quoted as like balanced in that sense. Um, and so generally ground is the earth. Ground would be considered... Right, like if lightning yeah. hits the earth, it goes away it's like good so ground is it's a mathematical concept oh in God. that like oh, oh no if i move my charge to an infinite distance away uh where it's exerting no like electrical field on like anything in my little system then that's like it's grounded but also the earth more or less is considered to have infinite electrons in it right so like i said if the lightning hits the earth it's not going to hurt anyone yeah so it's grounded so it's grounded because it hits the ground. Yeah. So you wouldn't say a device like a Tesla coil is a ground. Okay. I wasn't. I, it's generating a super high voltage that is trying to jump to something to reach ground. Okay. Because I was thinking of, of like our friend has the act where he holds it and mm -hmm. then he, that's what it, he has it. So it's got like charge and then he'll like touch someone holding it and he'll shock them. Yes. A little spark will jump to the person. And Yeah. <laughs> Won't, I won't say the other parts of that ex, that uh, act. Um, but so that's why any your your third prong on your plug on your outlet and any modern electrical system is that's the ground. That's the ground, okay. Um, but older systems didn't have grounds. So like throughout New York City in these pre-war buildings that have the little two prong outlets, or they just no, they just paint over the hole with the ground. Is that, <laughs> yeah, there's many ungrounded circuits out there. And a device doesn't necessarily have to be grounded. Most LED lights aren't grounded. Most light bulbs are not grounded. Uh, it's more important for sensitive electrical systems like computers. Hmm. Okay. Alrighty. So we have... Oh, speaking of ground, by the way, Ben Franklin did invent the lightning rod. Yeah. Because of his theory that if we have not just that, like I can collect charge in a key, but he was like, "Hey, if a building had a really tall spike that was just I running to the that. ground, maybe it wouldn't catch on fire when it got hit by lightning." Uh, oh, okay, maybe it wouldn't catch. So that's the experiment that the French guys did the, with the steeple, because he noticed that like churches would always get hit by lightning. They did that to collect the like sparks from the charge, but Franklin specifically had the idea that this would be a good way to have lightning hit something we don't care about, rather than your like straw roof on your barn yeah well okay 
Yeah, I thought that he got it because churches would always get struck by lightning, and he was like, hmm, interesting. So that's the the excess charge in the cloud wants to get to ground um, to get away from all the other like charges that are in the cloud. Yes, we have a whole episode on this. So Don't give it the, away. The lightning free. rod is a nice way to make ground accessible for the charge. Mm-hmm. And this is when people get electrocuted. What's actually happening is the current is trying to get through your body to ground. <laughs> I'm just, you, and as we said in the weather episode, this is why you don't get out of the car. Ben, Ben, Fra- oh, and uh, what's his name? Faraday. He invented the, you know, the Faraday grit, great grid mesh, the Faraday mesh that's in your car. That's in your car and the microwave. A cage. Faraday cage. cage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That That's in the car so to protect you. So if you have you. a metal cage around you, the electricity will go through that or the, the electrical yeah, current will go, go through you. that to find ground rather than shocking you. Who's so that's why your microwave, you don't get shocked. But uh, Benjamin Franklin sure did get shocked a lot. Uh, famously, one time when he tried to cook a turkey using sparks and then he like touched it and he, <laughs> he engulfed himself. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's continue with the current wars. Okay. So Tesla has quit. Tesla's quit. Thomas Edison has the Edison Electric Light Company in New York City. And this is... Um, right, th- this is all... It's like late 1800s. Direct current. So you want to explain the difference between direct and alternating. Basically, Edison is direct. Um, and alternating is Tesla. So the concept of direct current is that the current only flows one direction through your circuit and our positive charge, the, the electrons are going the opposite direction, but whatever. The positive charge is basically flowing from plus to minus through your circuit in one direction. An AC circuit, the charge just tugs back and forth along the circuit as we flip the voltage applied to the circuit um, and in modern American circuits at 60 times a second, 60 hertz. You flip the plus and minus of the circuit. Um, Does that have anything to do with? It's actually because of Tesla. I'll tell you a minute. It doesn't have to do with it being like a minute, 60 minutes an hour or anything No, no, I was saying 120, the fact that. No, not related. Oh God, I hate, I don't like science. (laughs) So. Just when you think you're making a connection. The thing is in an AC circuit, because we're flipping the applied voltage constantly, the charge doesn't actually move through the circuit. It kind of like goes forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you. Yeah, so in this, there is not really much analogy with water because nobody would ever design a water system like that. So we're, we got to just think in terms <laughs> of electrical systems right now. That's how AC works. And the voltage, instead of just flipping it on and off, different directions you move it with a sine wave so it kind of is smoothly going from positive to negative applied across your circuit why do we do this and this was actually developed in europe credit does not go to tesla he did not invent alternating current this but he liked in, to use it this though. is in the 1880s it was developed in europe by a siemens company mm. and uh a, a key thing you can do with alternating current is with a transformer uh, which Henry did a lot of the like early like like a study research on. You can change the voltage of your electrical current in your like system in your power system. So we specifically talk about an electrical power distribution stepping up a current to a super high voltage. And so if you remember, it's voltage times current is power. 
So you can send the same amount of power at a super high voltage with very low current. And when you run current, when you run electrons through a wire, even if they're going backwards and forwards in this AC current, they do like bump against the wire and generate heat and it causes power loss. So the less current you can send through the wire at a higher voltage, the more efficient that circuit is. It makes it feasible that you can send electricity over very long distances. So when you see pictures of like the American Southwest or whatever with like those giant steel towers running wires like over like, you know, mountain valleys and like miles and miles out there, that's super high current or sorry, super high voltage, relatively low current running through those wires. You can't do that with DC uh, because you can't step up the voltage in a DC circuit. You're kind of stuck with what you have in a DC circuit. So a limitation Edison had is his system, while it worked in New York City, would never work throughout the rest of America because you could only send DC current like efficiently within like a couple blocks. So Edison envisioned that his future electrical system, the grid. you would have a power station basically like every five blocks. Yeah, he had the first electric grid idea. Yeah, but it would never make sense. And like you'd have to have power plants like in every city, like every couple blocks. He it would be like, crazy. Yes, but he was going to own the power plant. So he was like job security, yeah. baby. But you also could never do something like Put an, <laughs> put an electrical generating plant up at Niagara Falls and then send the electricity down to New York City. With AC, that's possible. So Tesla caught onto this and he was like, clearly AC is like the wave of the future. Like I should be working on AC power <laughs> systems. And an American named Westinghouse got really into this. Also in part because he couldn't infringe on Edison's patents. So he had to do something else and he wanted to get into electricity. Do you have uh, Westinghouse on your like history? Oh, yeah, possibly. Let's see. I was, do you think Edison had like a super new jersey? You think he was like, hey, it's oh, gonna yeah. be a, there's gonna be a fucking you fuck, generator. You think you're better than me? You think, you come think on. You're better than me? You get, I'm, I'm gonna have a generator every fucking block and I'm gonna yeah. own, I'm gonna own 53%. <laughs> yeah. Westing. Well, basically, it's JP Morgan. Right. JP Morgan was a financier of Edison, and then Westinghouse was. He like, financed both of them. Did he? Yeah, he also gave money to Tesla. But yeah, but Tesla be spending that money gambling on on his birds. I mean, JP Morgan was he bet on both sides, right? Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know if you have Westinghouse. Or anyway, Westinghouse uh, also an engineer, and then Westinghouse Electric, I think, is still around as a company, as is Con Ed, which is consolidated Edison. Although, as is GE, which acquired Edison's company. Well, they, they just dropped his name off of it because he they were like... He was forced out because like, he was so adherent to DC. Uh, anyway, Westinghouse invented... Uh, he was like an, like also a very young inventor, I guess, like Edison or Tesla. So he, like at age like 21, invented a new braking system for trains that oh, like yeah. vastly reduced like train fatalities. Apparently, when he was young, he witnessed a train crash... And the two train engineers saw each other and couldn't break their trains in time. And he watched like a slow motion crane, train crash. So he was like, never again. So he developed a steam powered braking system for trains, then flipped that money into electrical investing. And he was very much into AC. At some point he met up, met up with Tesla. Tesla, after quitting Edison's uh, electrical company, 
patented, found some like savvy business guys, patented his motor. Yeah, right here in 1888. So Tesla invented the first... Polyphase alternating current electrical system. Yeah, so I guess Tesla developed the whole system too. So it wasn't just the motor, but also the distribution system to send electricity to the motor. And Westinghouse at first tried to copy it and develop his own version of it and then realized Tesla's version was just better. And so he licensed it from Tesla. And so this meant Tesla would get to be very rich and live in hotels for the rest of his life and be very weird. Uh, yes. And so meanwhile, Edison is like, I feel like, okay, this is it's like Edison's company. We can say that it was like Edison, but it was more just like, no, Edison specifically gave speeches and like public demonstrations, okay. he was, like denouncing all Because he was current. the only thing that he had on our boy was like, he was like, alternating current is like dangerous. It's like more dangerous. But that's because his car fucking sucked. And like, yeah, it would just be like, well, mine doesn't work. So like, that's why it's alternating safer. Alternating current is slight, it is slightly more dangerous to people. So a lower uh, current of AC can kill you or hurt you than DC. And this just has to do with basically like how your, it penetrates your skin and like goes through the human body. So he was like, yo. But it's not like that much more deadly. But that's all that he- DC will mess you up as well. That's all that he had though. Cause his, I mean, his was like weak ass current. So like, that's all that he, he was like, it's gonna, it kills. So he did electrocute cats and dogs he would like collect send people to collect stray cats and dogs and he would like electrocute them he did not electrocute an elephant that happened after this so like he wasn't that crazy it was a it was his film company that filmed the electrocution of the elephant just just clearing Mm -hmm. up that drama wait you do know though the first ever electric that's what i'm getting to yes so Edison was like, I know, we're going to electrocute. We've been doing cats and dogs. Now we're going to do people. And he was like, alternating current is going to be great for this. Well, but he suggested in the press they could use alternating current for an electric chair. And the New York City actually was like, we should use the electric chair. We are tired of hanging these people. It's too much work. But they did not know math and they didn't calculate the right Things for the electric. Also, this electric chair, I got to say, this is some Wait, DIY. Before the electrocution, this is very important. Uh, Edison arranged in this backhanded deal through like Westinghouse originally had like a very serious competitor in alternating current who they eventually partnered with. Mm-hmm. And Edison, through some shady backdoor deal with the partner, got a hold of a Westinghouse generator to generate the current that was for the old. electrocution. It was old and it, they shouldn't have used it because it was old and like janky and then they didn't do math good. So try to trying to counter this, Westinghouse actually hired the highest paid like American defense attorney to defend the death row inmate in his appeal to try to keep this guy from being Oh, Kimmler. <laughs> it was William Kimmler, by yeah. the way. That's the inmate, yeah. I like that Westinghouse hired a defense attorney for this man on death row. He was so like, he's going to... he's Specifically gonna... so that it wouldn't make his electrical current system look bad. But they messed it up so bad because, like, they turned it on and it, like, wasn't enough. It was, like, enough to, like, mess up this dude, but, like, not enough to kill him. So <laughs> he started, like, convulsing and blood came. He started sweating blood. And everyone who attended like threw up or like ran away. They were just like, it's too much. It's too crazy. 
And then they were like, well, he's not dead yet. So they turned it back on. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it was a real, it was, it was real crazy. Okay. So the current wars went on for a while. Tesla did eventually win. Oh, but we have to talk about the Chicago the fair, right? That's, that's like where, that's where he won. Right? The world's fair. All right, go ahead. No. Is that not when he won? I feel like that was like when people were like, that's whoever can light the world's fair will like win the current war. I don't know that anybody said that. I think oh, okay. uh, Westinghouse just underbid uh, Edison, <laughs> Edison General Electric. Yes. However, they needed light bulbs and General Electric was like, no one give these boys light bulbs. So Westinghouse invented his own filament light bulb for it. So Westinghouse also invented light bulbs. So, Good for him. He's great and we like him. He's an ally to our friend. Anyway, that's where the, the 60 hertz in modern American electrical systems just comes from the fact that Tesla's motor as it was designed, his like polyphase motor was 60 hertz. And specifically his, that polyphase induction motor, it has to run at, uh, it's kind of like built into the motor design what frequency it will run at. Um, and like doing variable speed on it actually is like a pretty complicated thing that like Tesla hadn't figured out. So that's why we have a 60 Hertz AC system. Yeah. And Tesla and Westinghouse hydroelectric power generator at Niagara Falls comes into operation in the 1890s. And that was like a dream when Tesla saw it, he was like, when he saw Niagara Falls, he was like, I'm going to use this to like power a city someday and he did well, no that's why they built it they specifically built it to send power to new york city Yeah, but that was like a dream it was like a dream and it came true because he 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 didn't his dreams came true um he lived the rest of his life in the new yorker hotel no a, he moved to several different hotels oh, every couple of years he, would he move moved to, to a different, different hotel leaving behind a lot of debt and pigeons and yeah, he would inevitably get kicked out. He but. had crazy a crazy couple years in Colorado, which you can see in the the movie The Prestige. He dined at Delmonico's every night at exactly eight ten p.m. and he would call in his order to the head waiter using the, tele using the telephone recently invented. Ring ring by Graham Bell only twenty years earlier. Uh, he would call in his order to the head waiter, who was the only one who was allowed to serve him. He would dine solo most of With the time, but occasionally because he had some social obligations. Like he probably had to take J.P. Morgan to dinner. Oh, a couple Mark times Twain, a year. Mark Twain too. His Later in life, he became good friends with Mark Twain. Yeah, and and he uh, he really loved pigeons, and he would allow pigeons to like come to the New Yorker hotel. And there was this one white pigeon that he really loved, and then when she died, he said he's like, "My life's work is over now." Yeah, he did absolutely hate Thomas Edison throughout the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And when Edison died in the like 1900s. He outlived him though, right? Yeah, because he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he well outlived Edison. Edison was like a, an old man by the time Tesla met him even. They were like 30, 40 years apart. Um, but Tesla had the one like, the, the New York Times ran like a major story on it. And they, you know, buried Tesla's quote uh, in the, the article, but he was like, Oh, what's I gotta find the quote somewhere, but it's he was like he was like you know it's a stubborn man to the end, 
spent hours and hours of fruitless labor when he could have easily done some like basic calculations. It was and so kind. Like, it was so to, like to find the answer. He was like, maybe I've wasted my time. You know, I do speak eight languages. No, he didn't say that. He did. Episode. He did. He I he was like, I've studied a lot. Maybe that was like a waste of time. But he basically took like the ninety nine percent like perspiration and one percent like inspiration. And Tesla was basically saying like. I'm inspired, so I don't need to like perspire because I just like am inspired and then I do my thing and I don't need to like tinker. I get it right. <laughs> he said his method was inefficient in the, this is in his obituary. His his method was inefficient in the extreme for an immense ground had to be covered to get anything at all unless blind chance intervened. And at first I was almost a sorry witness of his doings knowing that just a little theory and calculation would have saved him 90% of the See, labor. I, right? Because that was like a dig on his quote. But he had a veritable contempt for book learning and mathematical knowledge, trusting himself entirely to his inventor's instincts and practical American sense. In view of this, the truly prodigious account of his actual accomplishments is a little short of a miracle. Yeah. He's like, I don't know how he got so much done because he was a total idiot. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, he liked him because he said it was a, he was a miracle. And it's like, you are not reading between the lines, honey. I don't even know ah. what between the lines. So meanwhile, during the current, current wars, just to, to give some quick shout outs to names, a bunch of other like great stuff was being invel- developed. Magnus Volks, you may know the name Volks, uh, invented the first electric railway. Wait, Volkswagen? Exactly. Yeah, the modern car company named after Magnus Volks, but he started by inventing streetcars. Um, it's still around. It's a mile long and runs during the summer. The Volks Railway. That's in uh, 1883. Uh, Heinrich Hertz. Oh, car company. Hey, no, I'm just kidding. Yes. Yeah. Related. Oh, really? Oh, huh? I'm right. Sort of, okay. I believe. I believe somewhat related. Maybe same family. But hertz is also the unit of frequency. That's what I, yeah, I, that's what I thought. I was thinking of megahertz. Produced and detected electric waves in the atmosphere, crucial for the development of radio. Radio um, waves. Um, the turbines are invented in the 1890s. What about macaroni? That's La- a great name. Marconi, you mean? Oh. Oops, okay. Yeah. And then Röntgen a German physicist discovered x-rays in uh, 1895. So this is like a really wild time because all the very famous scientists and Nobel Prize winners basically were in like kind of 1890s through the 1920s are when you have like Edison, Tesla, Curie, um, Einstein. All like the, the glowing people. Niels Bohr, like... <laughs> Yeah, all the, all these like very all famous scientists are. You get it because they're time. glowing because they're radioactive. It's a real golden age. They're radioactive. Uh, you know that Einstein, like both Tesla, he like had a moment with X-rays and he was like meh, but then uh, Edison was like hella into them and he kept injecting, he kept doing them into his eyes and then his. his <laughs> He's like, they made my assistant really sick. <laughs> like his hair fell out and then he had to get his legs amputated. That was just like all that. And this was Edison. I know it's not. Yeah. It, it, Cause like when you're like, oh, it made him sick. You were like, oh, okay. What happened? And it's like, no, a very tragic, like bad thing. Edison was kind of obsessed with them. 
Yeah, so in 1897, Marconi sends a radio message. The first, what? Oh, 1897 was the first like public demonstration of a radio message. So uh, Marconi was Italian. The, Itali- the Italians just didn't pay any attention to his inventions and wouldn't fund him. Yeah. So in, uh, yeah, in 1897, he moved to Britain uh, and they were like super interested and you know, immediately gave him public funds and had him start developing stuff. So, uh, yeah, he, in 1897, he did the first, like, 20-mile message from the Isle of Wight to Poole. And then later that, I think it took him a couple more years. He claimed in, like, the late 1800s that he got a transatlantic message, but no one believed him. And he, like, I think in 1901 then, like, verified and actually sent the first transatlantic message. I mean, it would be a message, right? So, like, you either have it or you don't. No, because apparently he was just sending the letter S, which is just three dots. It's like dot, dot, dot. On that first experiment, he was just dot, dot, dot. And then he was listening personally. And apparently it was, like, super noisy at the time they were doing the experiment. And they're like, I, a lot of people criticized it when he, like, claimed that. So later he like It's a real Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> later he actually did it. He had his own ship, his own steamship that had like radio equipment on it. And so then they actually proved it by like sailing from uh the UK to America and like sending and receiving radio messages the whole way. He's like, Okay, 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 okay. You guys close your eyes, close your ears, close your <laughs> and they get he's like, Open your eyes, open your ears. What is it? What does it sound like? What does it say? Oh, you know what his first message though, that twenty mile message. Oh, it from, was like uh, God it was like God is dead. Right? What? Right? Wasn't it? No. Oh. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was <laughs> it was Are You Ready? Which is a cool message. <laughs> That's awesome. That's way better. But it's cool he sent that because I don't know if there's like a corn song on their album from like the nineties. That's about him. It opens with this like baseline and it goes, Are you Ready. Oh, and that's what he that that's how that's he what Marconi said it. sent as the first radio message. Anyway, uh Marconi was very influenced by other uh inventors and later had several of his patents invalidated because Tesla had also done radio work. There's a school of thought that thinks Marconi stole the idea for radio from Tesla. They're wrong. Marconi was working on it. Marconi also like independently wealthy, son of like an Italian count or something. Uh, didn't attend public school, was was educated by private tutors, which is like what the ultra-wealthy do mm. in Italy. So, so he was socially... He was, de- he was developing uh, like radio communication stuff like when he was like 20. So yeah, don't get, don't get down on him. Um, all right, we're into the 1900s. And this is where electricity really takes... This episode's so long. <laughs> I know. It's wild. Sorry. We'll wind it down. We won't do too much electronics. We'll just wind it no, down. No, because we're uh, going to do a whole other thing on electronics okay. of computers and stuff like so that. So 1905 is, is uh, critical because that's Albert Einstein's <gasps> Annus Mirabilis, oh, his miracle what? year. Albert what? Einstein published four papers in 1905 that were each worthy of winning the Nobel Prize. <gasps> wow. So they gave him the Nobel Prize for just the first one, uh, which was the photoelectric effect. Einstein did not win a Nobel Prize for the theory of relativity. But you know what, though? A lot of t-shirts made with that. Sure. He won the Nobel Prize for the photoelectric effect, which is if you, when light hits, uh, 
your eyes certain metals um <laughs> it it will like excite electron it put, it sends energy to electrons such that they'll show up but it it kind of proved the quantum nature of light and electrical charge which until then was totally theoretical the concept of electrons did not exist prior to this See? current and everything else they thought of really was like water like you were saying mm -hmm. like they thought it was a fluid some like galvanic fluid is what they called it so einstein's like no there's a there's some subatomic particle there. Uh, and he showed this with the photoelectric effect. And then effect. he took a picture. He took a Polaroid. Yeah. Um, Is that how you take with the picture, large format photographs? No. They were already taking pictures. Oh, yeah. Pictures were already going on. Is it on photo because of light? Yeah. Okay. I'm so stupid. Yeah, I was photo like, photo. I was like, wait. <laughs> Instant camera. <laughs> Then he made the e equals MC squared t-shirts with such camera. Well, that's that's special relativity. But <laughs> ah, sure. Nice. Different, different paper. But yeah, he published four like groundbreaking physics papers in one year. Anyway, then uh, you know, the nineteen hundreds happened, they actually had like mass electrification. So at 1918, electric refrigerators and washing machines oh my gosh. available. Thank God. Thank God we have a place for our women <laughs> employing the, the babes of the house we love. No, the whole point is they were labor-saving devices. Yeah. An electric washing machine. I know, I know. Let women go to work. Oh, that's Now true. they can do podcasts. That's right. Uh, and the first national grid was introduced in 1926 in the Electrical Supply Act, which, right. Co that was like saying you didn't have to supply your your own gas lamp. No, right? this is a national grid. They're like, we need it. Like, let's make a countrywide like electrical system like a, that spans America. And America now has, this was a new story one or two winters ago, but the entire American electrical grid is like the entire East Coast is on one like giant electrical grid. The entire West Coast is on a giant electrical grid in the Southwest and everything. And Texas has their own electrical grid. Suspicious. So two winters ago, there were really terrible ice storms that I guess shut down a bunch of the Texas like uh, oil and coal generating plants. Um, and their whole like electrical grid went down. And they're like, this is because we invested in renewables. Mm. <laughs> We're so mad. They're like, frack. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. like didn't want to electri electrify their stuff. They were just like, no, it's going to be bad. It is pretty wild to imagine if you were someone born in the late like 1880s, by the time you were 40, you had seen just, you had seen mass electrification and a national grid get put in place. Television is invented in 1936. But in the 1930s, they now have widespread consumer goods. So like vacuum cleaners, refrigerators, and irons become like, and, a, and radio becomes a household thing. So like, what an insane time. People born in the 1880s be like, no one even knows what the candle emoji means. <laughs> okay, so that gets us through like the 1930s, which really is like now mass electrification has like happened. Do you wanna, do you wanna leave them with any practical concepts? I have a question. Electricity, can it be created? <laughs> So conservation of charge in a system, in a closed system, is a like key phys physics concept. So in that sense, no, charge can't be created or destroyed. 
the water analogy again holds because if I told you about some whole water system that worked via water pressure driving pistons or something, you wouldn't be like, can water be created or destroyed in the system? Yeah. You're like, no, it's just about moving the water around to make it do work for you. The water is a means of transmitting work. So what's actually happening when our lights are running right now or when you turn on a hairdryer or whatever is it's really just a system that moves work and work in the concept of like physical, like ability to do useful mechanical tasks. That's actually being driven by some upstate wind farm or a turbine that's running at Niagara Falls where the water is driving a giant paddle wheel that generates electrical current or some power plant burning coal, which they use to heat water to turn into steam, which turns a turbine. And that we're just converting that mechanical energy into electrical power that gets delivered to you at the end of the line where you convert it back into mechanical power or light. Oh, wow. I convert everything into light because so, I'd be like that. <laughs> electricity, is a, it's just the medium. It's not actually really the power when you think about the full system. There's something uh, at the other end that's putting work into the system and you get to pull the work out of the system. Mm, or maybe I'm putting work into, maybe I'm working the system. So that makes sense. So then that concept, the term potential, right? It's like, it is potential energy. It's like work that is is going to be used. This it's energy stored. will be used for a thing. It's stored. And we pull it out of the circuit to say, drive a speaker or like power my laptop or whatever else. But ultimately the energy to do that came from, you know, hopefully a solar cell collecting oh. the sun's light. But I was, was some like other Tesla. system. <laughs> I came the pigeons. Oh, we can do a quick aside because people probably want to know, right? Tesla is, we talked about the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1947. The car? After Tesla was oh. dead in 1947, the they adopted the Tesla as a unit of magnetic flux, mm-hmm. um, which is like a magnetic field. And then Tesla Motors is the company... Not actually founded by Elon Musk, but he made them call him a co-founder after he acquired uh, a hey, large stake in it. Our feelings on our but, uh, It's funny that it's named after him because the Model 3 sedan doesn't use a Tesla-style three-phase induction motor. It actually uses a DC motor. Gas. <gasps> it uses an Edison-designed ah! motor. You didn't even realize... The Tesla. All ca- don't all cars use DC though? No, like a car's. You're think so. There's a car's electrical system, which is like typically a five volt DC little cigarette lighter plug, yeah, or whatever. But a like a Tesla engine is like an electrical engine that runs off a battery, right? The the yes, motor in a yes. Tesla. But I thought all car like cars that are electric are DC. Most of them are, but uh, a Tesla, the Tesla like Model S. And I think they're the original Tesla, like 2007, the Tesla Roadster, I think it was called, did use like a three-phase induction uh, motor Mm. as designed by Nikola Tesla. And then it killed someone. They were like, sorry. I think it just is like the specifics of how the control system for that engine is a little more complicated. There's trade-offs in both of them. It has to do with like the heating and like the software you need to control the engine and some other stuff. But like, I think now the, what's it called? It's called like the, the brushless like DC something motor right. is the is like the standard for electric cars named after tesla but not necessarily using his his motor design con edison named after edison not necessarily using his design either so edison was forced out actually jp morgan played a, a role in forcing edison out basically the investors in like, get off me. uh consolidated edison 
um, or maybe it was Continental Edison. I forget the name of it. But, but they forced Edison out because he would not give up on the DC power distribution plan. And then they they later merged with a competitor and were renamed to Consolidate Edison, which is now Con Ed, mm-hmm. which provides our power. And they, just like a New Jerseyan, they hold a monopoly. <laughs> and General Electric was another spinoff, or GE, which makes a bunch of light bulbs and turbines and other useful electrical gadgets. Yeah. They have a cool logo. Squiggly. <laughs> That's a nice ampersand in it. A little squiggly. Oh, GE. I meant GE. I caught, Con Ed is like meh. GE has like a little, it's like, it's like a little neon squiggle. So I suppose in, in future episodes, we'll have to break out the whole 20th century and electricity oh, yeah. there. So yeah, like radio, solar power, we electronics. Gonna, we, we, those are all names of future episodes alone, baby. Okay. It's going to happen. Well, I think we summed it up. Do you have any other questions? I think you I know. Do you have questions? Do I gotta, you have answers? I have a handful of tips, I suppose, okay. for people out there. A if handful. you're doing uh, any home electrical work, and I say this as someone who I got like he shocked. He does. I shocked the hell out of myself in that college class in the lab. And like, <laughs> that's why your hair is so wavy. Could have died. Um, His hair is great. I, uh, if you are working on home electrical stuff, like, you're rewiring your light bulbs or your light, uh, your your you know light switches or something. You're replacing the faceplate or whatever. Is like first off, go find the breaker box in your house and turn off all the breakers. Step one. So you don't shock yourself. Step Second, two. The breakers might be mislabeled, and this happened to me in an apartment I used to live in when I was like also like fucking with the lighting to install a ceiling Step fan. Two and a half. Um, so if you're gonna do that. Ideally, wear gloves so that you're not coming in direct contact with like the wires. Like fabric gloves. Amber gloves? Yeah, silk? even a fabric glove will keep really? you from like, yeah, you won't get I shocked. I it had to be like rubber. No, like through okay. a, a leather glove, you won't get shocked. Um, but, leather gloves, we fancy, okay. But sometimes it's hard because you're trying to get the like, Wait. You're, you're trying to like connect wires to each other or whatever, so and the gloves make you clumsy. Step three glove. Step Yes, and step four is work with one hand. And this is a, Your bad a hand. key thing electrical, <laughs> electricians learned because the electricity will kill you if it runs particularly bad is if it runs between your two hands and across your heart. But it will look so cool because it'll be like back and forth, right? That will kill you. Whereas if you're using, and electricians will do this. They'll work with, if they're unsure about a circuit for some reason or something, you just work with one hand at a time because if you get shocked, it'll like burn your hand or whatever, but like it's, you know. Didn't you wear like a bracelet, a cool bracelet on the other hand or something to help you? I wore a grounding bracelet when I worked on my laptop. And that's because when you're electronics, uh, even small stray currents can cause damage to like tiny electronic so you don't components. You want to hurt your laptop. That wasn't for you. What if you hold your? Yeah, friends- that was to protect the laptop. So it was to keep me from building up any static charge. I was attached. I had a metal bracelet that was attached to the ground in our wall plug. Da- the David Yearman bracelet. Yeah, but that was to keep any excess charge from building up on me that, with, that could like shock or little electrical components on my computer. But if you hold your friend's hand while you're doing electric repairs, will that like? That's not really going to help you. <laughs> you, could both, you could both die. You need one hand free so you can work on this, do your work. Anyway, as a tip, just a tip, if you're doing electrical work and you're a little dicey on the circuit or whatever else, you're not sure it's totally been discharged, 
First off, don't do the work. You should go check if it's discharged. But Hire second, an electrician. Work with one hand. <laughs> I love that. And like the bad hand, right? No. Oh. I mean, I'm just saying you're not going to, you'll get burnt. You'll be like, ow. Right, you don't want to do that to your good hand. Whereas if you're using two hands, you could be like, like, right. and your muscles will clench when you get an electrical current through them, which makes it very hard to let go of the wire. Damn, electricity has it out for us. Every electrician has a story about this, by the way. <laughs> if you talk to them, they'll be like, oh yeah, I was blown off a ladder at like, this job I worked at a couple <laughs> years ago. This and this. Kinky. I'm like, why? And they're like, they told me that the breaker was off and I guess it wasn't. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty I good. suppose we won't get into the components of an electric circuit. No, it's too crazy. It's too crazy. We're just it's just electricity, and right. then we can, and then you know. I think we're there then. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's power down. Okay, <laughs> power down for this evening. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Please give us a five star review. Yeah, this may be a a two parter. Give both episodes. This might five be a stars. recharge. And let's uh, let's end it with a song describing my passion in life. <laughs>